Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Friday, February 7th, you guys. Valentine's Day is coming up. This is episode number 882, and I've got a special treat for you today. My friends, Matt and Lisa Jacobson, are on the show with me today, and we're going to talk about what it looks like to walk this marriage thing out as the one flesh relationship that God intended it to be. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thanks for tuning in today, you guys. Lots of stuff coming up on my calendar. Thanks to everybody who came out to Dallas and Houston and Greenville. I've had a crazy last couple of uh, weekends, and it's been a a joy, really, and a delight to meet so many of you out on the road. We have just hit 15,000 of you over at MomStrong International this week, and uh, we want to say how grateful we are to be working alongside people that really want to know uh, God's word to study them, to show themselves approved as a workman who do not need to be ashamed. And so very, very excited about that and excited about what God is doing in your lives. And one of the things I love to do here every Friday is to have men and women on the podcast with me who are thought leaders, who are really out in the culture being the salt and light that God has called us to be, men and women whose faith is actually speaking in the culture. And I am so tickled today because I've known Matt and Lisa Jacobson for a long time. Uh, Lisa and I met because she's been in the blogosphere a long time ago, and they co-host the Faithful Life podcast, and they've written a series of books. And we're going to be talking with them today about marriage and how important it is. And uh, I'm hoping that this is going to be a conversation that you will listen together as husband and wife and be encouraged. So Matt and Lisa Jacobson, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Heidi. Super good to be here today. You guys are a going concern. You've got uh, a brand new series of books coming out. And I was just telling you before we went on the air, I got your new ones in the mail. These are like gift books and they're darling. For one thing, the visual the visual learner in me was like, those are so cute. I want them in every room of my house. But they're really, uh, you guys are, you're on a mission uh, to really encourage people to walk in right relationship, husbands and wives to walk in right relationships uh, with each other. And the new one, 100 Ways to Love Your Husband, 100 Ways to uh, Love Your Wife, kind of follows after, right? The words of affirmation, uh, books that you wrote. What do you guys, what is motivating you? Because I'm always, I have authors on the show all the time and one does not simply write a book. <laughs> Something has to be uh, pushing you to want to get a message out. What is, what is that in your life? Well, actually what we're hoping that everybody experiences is a normal Christian marriage. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now listen. Well, because we're that. not doing the normal now, that's for sure. Well, and a lot of people go, whoa, whoa, a normal Christian marriage? There's disaster on every side. Who wants that? But that's a common Christian marriage. A normal Christian marriage is what you find in the Bible. You know, God gets a bad rap a lot of the time as being a bit of a prude or Christians are maybe a little uptight about things. But listen, we are people of the book, right? And how did that's the book right. start? It started with two naked people in a garden, right? <laughs> so, so Yeah, you're right. What a great beginning. <laughs> so yeah. the, 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 the world has nothing to teach Christians about what it means to have a beautiful, wonderful, rich, open, uh, grace-filled marriage that you're just both enjoying so much and one that's, you know, hot as tar. Have you read the Song of Songs, right? This is yep. normal yep. for yep. 
Christian marriage. You remove the euphemistic references to fruit. You've got a solid R rating. So listen, God is <laughs> in favor of the fun and the richness and the depth in marriage. And we want to share that with people. I love that. And you guys, are, you're not strangers to marriage. You've been married for 27 years. You've got, uh, you got, a, you got yourselves a passel of kids, right? Uh, what's going on in your marriage? And how long you got, how many kids do you guys have? So we have eight kids and we had eight kids, 12 and under. So just right after one after another. And, and yet even in all of that, we have learned and grown in our love for one another and our passion for marriage and, and not just for ourselves, obviously we enjoy the benefits of that, but honestly, the, the message that that is to your kids, first of all, is powerful. And, you know, to hear our older kids say, this is the kind of, you know, this is the kind of marriage we want. And this is the kind of, this is the gospel that we have to offer the world, our love for one another. It's a testimony to what God's done in our lives and in our hearts. Yeah, that's right. And I know that you have a passion to see, and I love Matt. It's so, it so comes through when you're speaking this passion to say, listen, how about we stop letting the world take the narrative? for God's people. And how about we start reclaiming because really marriage is from God. He made it, he defined it. And even though the world's trying to redefine it, they'll never be able to because ultimately uh, God's definition like gravity is going to stand. And when you, when you look around you, you know, both of you have been married for a, a long time in the parenting thing. And, you know, we, we, we get married and we've got such high hopes, right? I mean, um, we really yeah. do. And then the mortgages come and the children and the hardships and the pain. And you guys have been married long enough to walk through deep water and come back out on the other side and say, we still want those two naked people in the garden story. That's the story that we still want. Absolutely. Right. And every, every married couple listen to this right now. I know the men are like, I'm gonna go home. My wife's gonna listen to this with me. So, uh, Talk to us, talk to the the couples for just a few minutes about, because I know there's people listening to this going, you know, that maybe that's working great for you, but it's not, it's not working for me. It's not, we don't have that kind of a marriage. We don't know how to get to that marriage. Can you minister to the heart of that husband or that wife that is wondering how to rekindle something that they've lost? Absolutely. Well, listen, Heidi, uh, we were at a conference not that long ago, and I happened to be speaking to a group of couples. And, but there was one guy there, his wife wasn't there. And it was the question and answer time. And he, and he lifts up his hand and he goes, hey, you know, I got a question here. Um, my, my wife just doesn't want to have sex with me. And we all, everybody goes, well, I guess we're having that conversation now, right? In the middle of this <laughs> room full of couples. Right. And, Keep it and, real. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, well, hey, friend, I've got one question for you. When was the last time you took your wife on a date where you arranged everything and all she had to do was show up looking beautiful and you said, hey, babe, let's let's go on a date and I've handled everything. When was the last time that happened? And he goes, mm. well, you know, we've been kind of busy, you know, <laughs> lately. And I said, oh, right. I think we've got the answer right there Be, because really finding that rich place in marriage has to do with pursuing a life that is filled with decisions in the day, not just in the month, but in the day. Right. Decisions that say, I love you rather than decisions that say, I love me. And that's really what we're trying to get to in this book is teaching people how on a daily basis you can choose to love your spouse in a very tangible, practical way. And so a lot of people, if, if you have a marriage that's maybe lost the spark a little bit, mm -hmm. it's going to take one of you to start striking that match. You never saw 
you, you know, you never saw a campfire mm. burst into, in, into flame by spontaneous combustion. Somebody had to gather the wood. Somebody had to get, you know, some tinder or something that, that would start that little, little flame or take that spark. In other words, there's an endeavor that has to, to be employed here. You've got to do something. You've got to act. And the thing is, the marriage that you have today is based on the building materials and methods that you used yesterday. And the marriage that you have from this point on is based on the same things. So if you want things to change, then somebody's got to act. And that's really what in 100 Ways to Love Your Wife, 100 Ways to Love Your Husband, that's what we're trying to teach people how to do is to start employing specific things today that you can. And it's amazing, babe, you should tell a story. It's just amazing what a little change will do in terms of really transforming a marriage. You know, speaking of sparks, it goes both ways. You know, a lot of times we blame the men. I feel like they get a bad rap, but women have their own part. Well, particularly in the culture right now, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, it just comes to mind, you know, a simple thing, but um, uh, it was when we were younger and we had a bunch of young kids and I was trying to make dinner and I'm sauteing the onions and peppers and Matt came home from work, walked in and he kind of came up behind me while I was in front of the stove and wrapped his arms around me. And I just thought, I do not have time for this right now. And that was right. really my first thought. And I mean, I'm sure you could feel my body language kind of bristle, right? Cause I am a kind of tense you very much. Can't you see? <laughs> and then I had that moment of conviction where I thought I felt the, just the spirit going, what are you doing? You don't have time for love. And I thought, Oh, give me a second chance, you know, turned off the stove. And I thought, what would happen if I turned around and leaned back right into him instead? And so he was still nearby and I kind of did that, whipped around, leaned into him and yeah, the sparks flew. It was unexpected, mm. it was very exciting. And the kids looked up and was like, what are mom and dad doing? It was kind <laughs> but- of, a, it was a heat transfer from the stove <laughs> to us. That's what you really want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know it's just a small example, but it's those kind of things that happen throughout the day, through the days that actually build that kind of loving exchange so that when you do have those hard moments or those disappointments or even hurts, you've got this this building up of warmth that helps, I think, helps to shoulder some of that. You know, so you're not just cold, 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 and now it's really hard. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, I, yeah. think, it's, I think it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why people turn foreplay into a, you know, a college course that, oh. you know, you have to study for years to get it right. <laughs> really, yeah. really, uh, you know, the having a physical relationship and a wonderful exchange uh, when the lights go out has to do with how loving we were with each other mm-hmm. up to that point, the kind way we interacted with each other, the thoughtful things that we did for each other. You know, for instance, uh, I like to make coffee. It's just I, for Lisa in the And morning. I like you to make me coffee. You it like works me. out really well. But, but you look at that, <laughs> what's that got to do with anything? Yeah. And what it is, it's just a gesture, a simple, small gesture. I know she loves it and I love doing it for her. Or how about just a kind way of communicating? Or uh, I like what you talk about, babe, relative to if I'm just walking in the room. What, you know? Well, you know, just when you're dating or even that first maybe months of marriage, you know, he walks into the room or walks into a party and your eyes kind of light up. You're like, Hey, there's my man, right? Everybody can That's see it. Right. Totally see and that. did that happen before you were married and maybe the first months after? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I thought, well, why would we stop? Why would I stop lighting up? Cause he's still the man I've committed my life and love to. And it became, I determined that I would light up at least once a day, if not more, when he walked in the room, whether it was bringing me my cup of coffee 
or just when he was, you know, at the end of the day, but just communicating mm-hmm. with my eyes, my whole demeanor that, hey, I am so excited to see you. One of the things I think that we, we just allow life to squeeze out the best mm-hmm. that a relationship has to offer. And so, you know, no, nobody has to tell a guy to pursue his wife prior to marriage. Man, he's coming right. up with creative ways to love her, creative ways That's to right. And then- Even if he's broke, even yeah, if he's yeah, broke, doesn't matter. People say, well, we don't have any money. And I'm always like, yeah, so, you know, you didn't have any money when you met her either. Well, okay, <laughs> and, here, and here's the thing, just talking about not having money. If, if you guys go out for a cup of coffee, just anybody listening, you know, just think of a, of, of a coffee date. All you have to do to turn that into an amazing date, guys, is to be genuinely interested in the heart of your wife. Genuinely ask, mm. how are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling? What are some of the thoughts, fears, uh, aspirations, dreams, joys that you've had lately? That cup of coffee just became an amazing date. And you know, we were talking just moments ago about nobody has to tell a guy any of this prior to marriage. Right. And so the thing that we forget. And somehow we just let the the noise and the busyness and the pressures of life squeeze out of our, our marriage and our relationship. The thing that we forget is that that passionate kiss on the wedding day and those passionate times afterwards, your wife has never stopped desiring to be desired. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. wants, when, when did your wife say, you know, that wonderful, passionate, loving way you kissed me for the first two, three months after our marriage. I, I'd really like you to tone that down, you know, like when did that happen in a relationship, right? But somehow we just leave off with it. So I just say one of the things I say in the book, it's not rocket science, but it's something that you need to do. When you kiss your wife, kiss her with passion. Just kiss her with meaning and intention. Hold her close and just make it linger another five seconds than normal. And you'll be surprised mm. at how she'll respond to that. It's so important to you. I think I love that you guys are that you're highlighting that it isn't this isn't rocket science. You know, uh, it, there are things just that we forget. I think because our lives are so busy and the noise around us. You know, and sometimes the noise that's around us uh, keeps us from from noticing things that when our lives weren't so noisy and weren't so cluttered and weren't so busy that we may have instinctively seen. And uh, I love that you're bringing people back. Uh, to sort of see that. Lisa, I feel like I cut you off. What were you trying to well, say? I'm just going to add to that, that what you're saying is we get lost in the business of marriage and family so that your communication ends up being, okay, okay, who are you taking the kids or am I? And are you going to make it to that meeting? And should we have so-and-so over on Friday night? And if all your relationship and communication ends up being business related, well, it's kind of hard to have that warm, personal, intimate closeness that you actually desire. And so Matt and I are as busy as the next people. Like I said, we have eight kids and we have ministry both online and in real real life. So we've got as much excuse, I think, as anybody, but we've actually committed. If we're going to sit down to have a date or, or even just sit down and have a cup of coffee, we make a deal, like no business for the next 30 Mm. minutes, the next hour. And we're just going to talk about Matt, the man, Lisa, the woman. And so Mm. you don't lose that because I think that is part of what happens. You know, for any guys who are thinking, well, how would I get started? What should I do? Again, not rocket science. All you have to do is A, pick a time, B, pick the place, and take care of the details. A lot of times we get into this habit of dumping all the details of date night on our wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get all that arranged. I'll show up and have dinner, you know? No. (laughs) 
guys, <laughs> you take care of that. You show some intention, some leadership, and some just some heartfelt pursuit of your wife's heart. And you handle the babysitter. You just take care of the details. All she has to do is show up looking beautiful. And you start asking her questions uh, that uh, about her, about what what matters to her, what she's concerned about, how she's feeling. You're going to have an awesome time of it. In fact, we have one burly big friend who uh, hadn't, I put the question to him. I said, when was the last time you dated wife? Well, you know, we're just busy. And I'm going, I haven't met an American in the last 20 years who wasn't incredible. No kidding. So that's not yeah. going away. We always have, we've got to remember this, guys, listening. We always have time for our real priorities. Hmm. And our real priorities yeah. are what we pursue with our time. And everybody knows that, especially your wife. So we've got to decide that uh, we're, we're going to make our wives and our relationship our priority. We're going to be intentional. Well, anyway, this guy just took the... Uh, the instruction, because I, I was working with him, discipling, and he took his wife out on a date. And they didn't do anything except get a cup of coffee and sit in the car. Yeah. And actually truck it in this case. Yeah. And talk for hours. He came to the next session with me. I'm a marriage coach, and I work with couples around the country. He came to the, to the next session, and he literally, I've never seen, you couldn't imagine this guy. He looks like a mountain. He broke down in tears, crying, mm. saying it was the most amazing time he and his wife had had together in years. men in years, in many mm. long. And also for the women, I'm going to just jump in here too, because and I don't want to pick on homeschool moms, but <laughs> they can take it. They, come on, girls, you can take it. That's all right. <laughs> we are so busy, right? Because we're doing this important work, right? We're teaching our kids and we're raising them for the Lord. And so we've also seen where a guy said, well, I kind of tried to take my wife out or try to get some time with her, but she, her schedule is so full. She doesn't have time. It doesn't make sense. Or she'll look at her calendar and try to, well, I think, you know, week from Thursday, I've got a little slot here. And if that's the case, then you are too busy because whatever yeah. you're doing cannot be possibly be more important than building a relationship with your husband. And it's short-sighted yeah. to be thinking that way because there is nothing better you can teach your kids than to teach them how to loving, how to have a loving relationship, how to have a solid marriage and, and the gospel that goes out from that. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. As believers, as people of the book, as people who are representing Christ, we need to be able to say it. I'm going to ask everybody listening. Can you say this, what I'm about to say? Can you say these words to your kids, to the people that see you at church, to the people that see you in the grocery store? Can you say, follow my example in marriage. I want you to experience a tremendous marriage. And so follow my example. I'm not perfect, but I want you to follow my example in marriage. I want you to have the kind of marriage that I have because that's a normal Christian marriage. And so sometimes we've got a long way to go to get from point A to point B, but that really is what God is calling us to do. Well, I think one of the things that you guys point out uh, so rightly in the book is that a good marriage takes work. It takes Absolutely. work. It takes intentionality. It takes a, a purposefulness. It's it's you waking up every day and making that decision to prioritize a relationship with your spouse. And I know uh, that there are lots of men and women listening to this right now who are very young in their marriages, lots of young families that are listening to this. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to know, 
when you, you, because I'm sure you're counseling, you know, men and women who are considering getting married or maybe they're newlyweds. And so very early on, you know, I would so much rather say, let's help you guys build some foundational pieces so that you don't get 15 years into your marriage and then go, what happened? You know, so what is some of the best uh, encouragement, the best advice that you can give to uh, families who have, you know, couples who've been married for maybe three years or less, or they're considering getting married? The Hundred Ways to Love Your Husband, Hundred Ways to Love Your Wife, those books are practical application of the principles that we find in the scripture. So the foundation is the word of God. Embrace what God has said and do things his way. Heidi, can I just use maybe one example? And that is this business of arguing and this business of bickering and acrimony in a marriage. We look at that, we go, oh, hey, it's just normal for a couple to argue. Not according to the word of God. In Proverbs, what is it, um, 1310? Mm -hmm. It says, from pride comes contention. Okay, so if you've got contention in your marriage, ouch, it's not okay. It's because you're prideful. We don't even have to ask the question. We just know from the word of God, you are prideful if you're arguing in your marriage. What does God think of pride? He hates pride. So as Christians, we've got to banish behaviors from our marriage and from our lives that are inconsistent with a life that is yielded to God's word. So, and so that's just one example of how we, we take the word it's foundational for how we believe what we think. And the thing about what we think is if you think wrong, you'll never live strong. So we've got to order our thinking according to the word of God. That's number one. Embrace what it says about the roles. Embrace what it says about how to love each other, how to walk with each other. And I really love, babe, what you say about all of those Mm. one another's. Yeah, all those scripture, those verses that talk about one another. And so there's, you know, be tenderhearted, be kind, be forgiving one another. And we read those scriptures, you know, we think, oh, that is so good. And I just really need to be like that with Susan. She's difficult to love, but I'm going to love her this way. And never realizing or letting it come home that, you know what, it has to actually start with this man right next to me. And that whole being tenderhearted, being kind, being forgiving, it's with him. It's not just with those people out there. And um, it's always interesting to me how you hear people talking about their their willingness to forgive that other person of their fence, but you know their husband leaves the wet towel on the floor, and it's it's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of going, you know mm-hmm. what, you can offer grace to the guy right next to you, and that's where you should start. So, relative yeah. to this young couple getting married. We would just want to remind them and remind the couple that's been married for 30 years and still hasn't yet figured it out. The marriage that you have is the marriage that you're building or you're going to build. Marriage doesn't just happen to a couple. Yep. They built it or you're going to build it. And so as a young couple that's just starting out, just remember, it's about what you're building. So what materials are you using? What methods are you using? It's critical to recognize you've got a tremendous responsibility in this thing that you're building, and especially the men who are supposed to be leading in this endeavor. And uh, be a godly man and make it a wonderful and blessing for your wife to follow you. Mm, I love that. Just the reminder, too, that God has really ordained uh, marriage in a way that the men are to be the leaders in their homes. And I often talk to women, you know, who feel frustrated because well, a, the world is completely, I mean, it's the antithesis of what God says in the world right now, right? I saw a woman in the Portland airport, you and I uh, are very familiar with the Portland airport. And I saw a woman uh, with a t-shirt that said the future is feminine. 
And I just, I had, I had to laugh out loud. Well, first of all, the ridiculousness of that, right? I was like, you do realize that if the future is feminine, we're all going to die. Like there's, there's always that kind of these big problems, but the underlying issue is I want to rebel against God's created order. The underlying, the underlying issue is a rebellion against what God says is right. And I was speaking to a, a, a gentleman several months ago at a conference I was speaking at, and he was saying how frustrated he was. He said, I'm just so tired of, of um, feeling like I'm supposed to initiate and I'm supposed to. And I said, you know what? Lean into what God's word says your role is to be, because I have yet to meet a godly woman who does not long to respond to the loving leadership of her husband Absolutely. in every way. And yep. it's that it's that loving leadership. It's not the, you know, domineering, you know, woman, bring me my dinner. That's not what God said at all. Absolutely. And instead, he said, you and Matt, you I've heard you say this before. Uh, and I know I've heard my husband say this, too. And it's such a beautiful reminder of God's heart for marriage. Uh, I'm wondering if you can touch on it for just a minute, because we 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 talk so often about roles in marriage sure. and the role that God gave the husband and the wife is very specific roles. And one of them involves laying down his life. What role is that? <laughs> exactly right. Well, it depends. Are we going to talk to the woman in the airport or are we going to talk to the word of God? I already right? talked to her. She just didn't want to talk for very long. <laughs> Imagine that. So, right. Right. It's, <laughs> when You know, we always want to read somebody else's mail when when it comes to the mm -hmm. word of God and what God wrote for the man or for the woman, you know, we kind of look at what he wrote for the woman. Hey, hey, you're supposed to do this, this and the other thing. And you're not doing that. But you know what? If men would just spend their time focused on the things that God wrote to them, how they are to lead and lay down their lives. Of course, it's the, it's the passage of scripture that many, many people know and that we toss over our shoulder, you know, like a, like a towel. That, that we're done with. You are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. If you meditate on that, if you actually let that resonate with your thoughts and write down into your soul and you just, just think about it for a minute, I think your, your pant leg is going to shake a little bit against your boot because it's actually a tremendously challenging, frankly, impossible thing in the flesh to do to actually mm -hmm. love your wife as Christ loved the church. What a, what a standard that God is laying down for you as the husband to, uh, to, to exemplify and, and to lead your wife uh, under. And so we need to just focus on what God has told us. And when we do that, we make submitting to us in the leadership role that God has given, we make it a blessed thing and a beautiful thing. A there's thing. there's a real safety in yielding to a man who has spent time meditating on God's word and his requirement that he should love his wife as Christ loved the church, that he's a spiritual covering for his wife. The man who has meditated on that and is seeking to walk in that by the power of the Holy Spirit that God has placed in his heart, that's a beautiful, wonderful, safe place for any woman's heart. Yeah, that's right. And my, my grandparents, uh, you know, I came from a very broken home, but my grandparents, uh, my mother's side, were married for nearly 75 years. And I remember Jay and I, very young in our in our married life, went over and we were talking to my grandfather and my grandmother about the issue of submission. And I was really wrestling with because I didn't see it modeled in my home. I saw a very angry person, you know, uh, a very authoritarian, not at all like God describes. It. And so I was afraid. I love that you said it's a safe place because I was afraid to uh, yield to my husband because I thought there's all this yielding is going to take place, right? All this unwanted yielding. 
And my grandmother said, uh, she said, or my grandfather said, you know, Heidi, in the, in a healthy marriage, the issue of submission will never come up. <laughs> Once the issue of submission has had to come up, there's already something in the marriage. It's a mess. Something's already wrong. And, uh, and then he began to sort of unpack that, the idea of biblical submission in marriage. And it's an actual, it's an actual beautiful thing. And when it's happening in the context of the love of God and a love of a husband for his wife and a wife for her husband, it's a game changer. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really the beauty of oneness is what your grandmother was talking about. And yeah. that's what God has for everyone. Oneness in all things. Heidi, I know we're uh, closing in on the time, but I just want to say one thing you mentioned anger and what, how damaging that was to you guys mm-hmm. and gals. It doesn't matter. Anger destroys everything it touches. Mm. You are in the process of destroying your marriage. If you are allowing anger to be part of your communication with your spouse, especially from the husband to the, to the wife, anger destroys everything it touches. So you've got, you've got to banish anger, angry outbursts from your communication. It's part of what the enemy is using to tear down so many marriages. I love the, the honesty that the two of you bring to the table. So when you write a book, A Hundred Ways to Love Your Wife, by the way, I love the tagline, uh, the simple, powerful path to a loving marriage, because it really is simple and it really is powerful. And the net result that you see when you employ God's principles, because that's what they are, is you see life and you begin to flourish. And I love the honesty that you bring to it. You know, you're not, you're not afraid to talk about the difficult subjects. We've touched on a lot of different subjects today. And I know that people are going to be curious about your ministry and where they can find you. So how do we find you online? Okay. So, um, I am at club31women.com and on Instagram, I am at club31women. And I am at faithfulman.com and on Instagram at faithfulman. And then we also co-host Faithful Life Podcast. It's on every platform. I love it. And uh, we're going to link back to all things Matt Lisa Jacobson in the show notes today. And I want to just encourage you guys, if you've been encouraged by what you have heard uh, Matt and Lisa touch on today, they go a lot deeper in 100 Ways to Love Your Husband. I've got I've got a bunch of their books, actually, in my own personal library. I love these two. They're the real deal. And they've got a message of healing and of hope for Christian marriages. So Matt and Lisa Jacobson, thank you so much for joining us today. It's just been a joy to have you. Thank you, It's been fantastic to be with you. We just love Jay and you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. For more information on Matt and Lisa Jacobson and their ministry to families, find me online, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. Get ready for Valentine's Day. You got time. You got time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay faithful, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.